The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithjesus.org. Thanks for listening. We're in the middle of this series that is leading up to um, an opportunity for every single one of us um, to say yes to the callings and purposes that God has placed on our life. And part of that um, has been this understanding as we're going through this series of that God is worthy of everything that we are. He's worthy of it all. Amen. He is worthy of everything we are, everything we've had. He, he is worthy. He created all things for himself. Did you know there's only uh, one person or one, one being on the planet or ever in existence that's allowed to be self-righteous? And it's him because he is righteousness. I don't know if you're glad he is righteousness and we have righteousness through him. So in this, in this process that we're walking through right now and leading up to the Say Yes Sunday, we're looking at different aspects of who God is and how we relate to him in this season. If you're a part of Christ Church, you know that there's been some transitions over the past few months. There's, there's been a pivoting of, of the purposes and the callings that we believe God has placed upon this house. We believe that the greatest season is yet to come. Somebody say amen. And in that great season that there's some transition and there's some change. How many of you love change? You like live for change. You're like, yeah, fall. Let's put up the fall decorations. Great. A week and a half later, time for Christmas. Woo. Put up the Christmas decorations. Me, I'm like, no, don't touch anything. Leave it alone. It has a place and an order. How many of you are like me? Yeah. Usually those two people are married to each other. Right? But we've been walking through this transition and we're finding keys in this and we're finding that, that, in change and in transition, in growth and stepping into this new season that we're going to have to do things we've never done before in order to see things that we've never seen before. Amen. And that's requiring of us. I just shared this first. In the last day, they overcame in the last days by three things, the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimonies, and they did not love their life even unto death. I think a lot of the times we, we walk through life and we hold on to things a little too tightly sometimes. Amen. We hold on to things that God is calling us maybe to let go of, or we can't receive things because we're holding things that he didn't call us to hold on to and our hands are closed. And so in this season, I just, man, I want to be open-handed with God. And today we have the opportunity to step into a different level of trust in who he is. Now, how many of you know that God is the only one worthy of everything? He, he is trustworthy. He is eternal. He is from the beginning to the end. The sun may go away, the moon and the stars, they will pass away. The earth will pass away, but he shall remain. Amen? He is the only one that is truly worthy of everything we are and everything we have. He's the only one that allows us, gives us privilege to lay down our lives for him. And as believers in Christ, we have to be so open-hearted and open-handed that when we get to those moments in life, when things are shaken and stirred, our first response is to say, okay, how can I lay this before the Lord? Not how can I fix this? How can I figure this out? How can I hold on to the things that I've had? No, how can I lay these things down before the Father in total surrender to who he is? We're gonna be in three places this morning in the word of God. If you love the word of God, just say whoop. All right, good. Judges chapter six, Proverbs chapter three, and Hebrews chapter 11. Judges chapter six, Proverbs chapter three, Hebrews chapter 11. Listen, there's this correlation in life. The fact that God is worthy is an absolute. 
Would you agree? That doesn't change. It doesn't change on, based on who I am. It doesn't change, 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 change based on who you are. He is worthy because he is. It's like when, you're, when your child asks you, why do I have to do that? Because I said so. He's worthy because he said so. Because he created all things. He is eternal. And in this temporal world, we can be moved and shaken. He cannot be moved and shaken. So in that, in, in this idea that we are, everything that we are is trying to become into alignment with this kingdom perspective and this kingdom thought process, I want you to understand today that your trust level in God your trust level in God and who he is in every circumstance and every situation matters so much because it will dictate how much worship you're willing to give the father. Two things dictate worship, trust and fear. Trust and fear. Those two things are really good indicators of where your, uh, of where your worship's gonna, how many of you when, you, when you get in your vehicle, you just really love when the indicator on the, on the, light, the dash is on? the engine light, or this morning when I got in my truck and it's pouring down rain and I, and I start my truck and the, the gas nozzle just doesn't move. That's super fun, right? But it's an indicator that something's got to change. It's an indicator that I need to do something different today that I was planning on doing in the beginning. And if our trust indicator, if we don't trust God enough, if we don't trust God in every situation and circumstances, then this is what it is. It is an opportunity for you to do something different. Somebody say amen. Because the kingdom of God is an invitation for you to draw near to him. Everything in the kingdom. Okay, so these three things, are, they're so intricately entwined with, between fear and worship and trust because what you fear often indicates what you will worship and your wor- you will not worship something or someone that you do not trust. The absolute fact is he is worthy of our trust, amen? Oftentimes, physical, temporal, us being human beings allow us to be derailed from the absolute truth that he is worthy of everything that we have and everything that we are. Because situations and circumstances are always coming into a direct disagreement. The, 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 the structures of this world are directly flip-flop from what the kingdom structure is. Amen? What we're called to be. We cannot come to church, sing, pray, read the word, but where things are... are we can, sorry, I need to take a deep breath. That coffee is kicking in today. Anybody else like me? Like when you've been at church since eight o'clock, it's like you don't realize how much coffee you've had until the 12 o'clock service. And you're like, wait a second, my brain, is it not working all of a sudden? What's going on? Yeah, some of you just woke up, but <laughs> let me say that. Okay, God is looking for a people who will trust him fully. God is always looking. Jesse said this a minute ago. He is looking for people who will fully trust him and that can fully be trusted by him. We can come to church. We can sing. We can pray. We can read the word. We can feel like a good Christian, but where the rubber meets the road, when things are shaken and stirred in our life and difficult time comes, the question is going to be this. It is easy to worship God here. Will I choose to worship God when troubles come? Is my first response when a situation or circumstance throws itself in my face, is my first response, man, I need to go to Jesus. I don't know about you, but 
There are times in life when I mess up and I fail. And my first response would not be to call my dad <laughs> and say, oh yeah, I, hey, I just wrecked your car. How was that? As human beings, our first response usually is to run from the father, right? But he's calling us to do this. When shaking and stirring comes, when the difficulty times comes, would you first and foremost turn your heart to the father? Why? Because it shows that you can trust him and that he can fully trust you. It must be our first response. Because in those points of difficulties and the points of transition and those points of change, you are going to have to make very, very, very important choices for your life, right? And I don't want to have thoughts and values that are inconsistent with his thoughts and his values regarding any situation in those moments, in those crucial moments. If I can trust his wisdom and counsel before, before all others, I am demonstrating trust to the one who is worthy of all trust. Go to Judges chapter six for me. Judges chapter six. In verse eight, this says this, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. This is all sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Doesn't this sound good? I, everyone that was messing with you, I took care of them. And I said to you this, do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Ugh. I said, look, I did this and I did this and I did this. And then I told you, listen, don't fear the Amorites, the gods of the Amorites that are in your land but you did not obey. This is a microcosm of, of the, the nation of Israel, the people of God over and over and over and over again. I didn't want, you to, I didn't want to read this because I, we needed to dwell in this, but this is like a constant going around the mountain. I don't know if you've dealt with situations over and over and over and over again, whether in your personal life or with your children or, or just circumstances that just keep coming your way. But this, this is a representation of the consistency of Israel, that God would deliver them, that God would bless them, and that they would turn to other gods and idols. They did not obey him. Over and over again. And why would they turn to other gods? Why would they continue to do the wrong thing? And he correlates this thing. Do not fear and you did not obey. Do not fear and you did not obey. Why did they worship people like Baal, who was the God of abundance and provision? Because their fear was they would not be provided for and there was not abundance. You see, when the, when the promises of God are delayed, you have opportunity in that moment to either trust that what he says is true or create idols for yourself that will provide for, for you. Now those idols look like different things. Like we don't have little gods that we put in our pockets or we don't go to temples made by human hands and, and worship these gods. But in the same way, this is the, the relevance of what Israel continually did is for today. How many times are, are we... Are we walking through life and we know that God has given us a promise, but we're in the middle of the circumstances and situation and you're like, you know what? It would be easier for me just to figure this out. 
it would, you know, God, I know you, you said you would do this. Now just let me help you in this process. Now, don't get me wrong. You have a personal responsibility through your choices and decisions, but your number one responsibility is to trust in the Lord. If he said it, I believe it, he'll do it. If I continue to walk on this pathway of his promises, this pathway of obedience, the golden calf, when Moses went up to, the, when Moses went up to meet with God and he was, he was there and he, was living, he came back down and what had happened, it wasn't even that long. But in that short period of time, the people of God, they saw that these are the same people who saw the Red Seas split. That saw his provision in the wilderness, that saw all of these things. Moses leaves for one second, the people start going crazy and he comes back and what happens? They're worshiping the golden calf that they built for themselves. <laughs> what? It's easy to point a finger and say, man, they are ridiculous. But how many times the moment that God doesn't show up the way we think he should show up, we're like, okay, I can figure this out. I can do this on my own. And God says, he's your provider. And he says, hey, I need you out of this situation or circumstances. And we choose not to be obedient because we feel like we can do things a little bit better than you. I don't know if any of you are in here like me. You're probably not. But let me tell you, my, one of my struggles is anytime that a problem or situation or circumstance comes up, my first response is, okay, I can figure this out and I can fix this. Not, not you guys, just me. This is what I do. And in my own strength and in my own abilities, I'm like, I can fix. How many of you know that most times when I try to do that, things turn out worse than they were before? I'm not nearly as good at things as I think I am. I'm going to tell you a hint too. You're not as good as you think you are either. I saw some elbows going on that one. But when they, when the Israelites and when you and I, we build idols and we build gods out of things that God never intended to, we are literally telling the father where our trust lies. Why do I want to go to God first? Because his opinion matters about every situation way more than mine does. And I'm looking through lenses. I'm looking through lenses of hurt and dysfunction and frustration. I don't see the beginning from the end. I see right here where I'm frustrated and I'm going to respond to this out of my own frustration. And God's saying, listen, I've come to give you peace that surpasses even your own understanding so that your heart and your mind will be guarded. So why don't you step into that? And when you step into that, you're going to respond a little bit differently. Do you hear me today? It's not that, it's not that his desire is, listen, he doesn't, he is a jealous God. But he desires relationship with you. He desires that you would come to him. That you would put your trust in him. And then in turn... We see the revelation of his promises and his blessings come into fruition in our lives. There were even times in, with Israel, in Israel's history when they would worship Yahweh on the Sabbath and then throughout the rest of the week, they would take their Baal with them to work because the Baal was the provision. And then they would, they would go to other temples on Wednesday night. And then on Friday nights, they'd be in the bars. And on Saturday night, they'd be, you know, I don't want to get too personal with you here. But they set up a lot of different outlets in order to fulfill all the needs that they had. 
I only know if you truly trust in Jesus, you don't need a lot of outlets. You can worship him at work. You can worship him anywhere you are. You can worship him at Walmart. You can worship him anywhere you are because when you trust in him and trust that his purposes and plans for your life are better than anything that you could ever ask or imagine, then what you can ask or imagine stop mattering as much and you keep your eyes focused on him. God said to them, do not fear other gods, but they did not obey his voice. What they feared, they worshiped and they revealed their trust in God and removed themselves from the provision and the promised land that he was calling to. His goal was not for them to wander around the desert for another 40 years. His goal was for them was to, as a nation, listen to Joshua and Caleb and say, hey, listen, God promised it. It's there. Let's go get it. If you would, with me, Proverbs chapter three. Y'all tracking today? You good? Proverbs chapter three. I'm gonna start in verse three. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. God, do not let mercy or truth forsake me. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I want to start in the middle of everything I just read and he shall direct your path. How many of you know that he has a path for you? Listen, if you got breath in your lungs today, you have a destiny on this earth. You have a purpose on your life. I don't care how much gray you have in your hair or how, where's it? I just saw a newborn baby in here. Where's that newborn baby? Oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> so I saw a newborn baby in the spirit and, uh, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't. Sorry, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come back. Thank you, Lord. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You can't screw, you can't screw it up enough. You can't mess it up enough to remove the calling and the purpose that he's placed on your life. The callings of God are irrevocable. You can choose not to walk in them, but scripture says that the, his callings and purposes are irrevocable. He doesn't take them away from you and punish you, but you do have a choice not to walk in them. Right? I mean, that's the word of God. If you don't, if if you disagree, that's okay. Email me at jesse at joinwithjesus.org. And I will answer every theological question you've ever had. Jesse doesn't think that's too funny. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everyone on this earth is on a path. He, he has a path for you. He will direct our path. The problem doesn't come when he directs our paths. The problem is when we direct our paths because we don't know what he knows. We don't see what he sees. Everyone on this earth 
You walk through a, you walk through a cemetery and you look on the stone. There's always, there's always a few things. There's always the name of the person, the year they were born, the year they died. And in the middle, what is there? Just a little dash. And that little tiny dash is a representation of your entire life. Every choice that you make, every, every wrong you do, every good thing you do is all in this little tiny little insignificant dash. But the truth is that that little dash matters. It matters because it matters to him because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. It's these choices within that dash that matter matter, and they carry eternal significance. And it's what he's talking about here in this verse in Proverbs when he says, I will direct your path through trials, hardships, doubts, all fears, insecurities, through wars, rumors of wars, through elections, through world systems, through societal structures, through cultural breakdowns, through, through all of these things. At some point, we will have the opportunity to remove ourselves from the path that he's called us to walk and place ourselves on our own journey. And all it takes is just a little bit of, of opportunity to be off course. But how you know your destination is a lot further off at every turn. So how do we get to the place that our paths are directed by him and we know we're on the right path? Because some of you, I, I believe that you want to be on the right path, right? Some of us were like, I don't know what that looks like. Well, the beautiful thing is he tells us. He says, first of all, Trust in me. Jay, it can't be that easy. Listen, I'm not making the rules here. I'm not the one putting the signs in your path. This is the Bible. This is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not, not doubting who he is, not doubting what he says. If you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and this is the hard part, Lean not on your own understanding. How many of you think that you have some things figured out in this world? I may have some things figured out, but I have no idea what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow, tomorrow the rules might change. But this is what will not change. That the fact that if I want him to direct my paths and I want to be walking according to his plans and his purposes, I first must trust in the Lord with all of my heart and I cannot lean on my own understanding. I can't believe that I have it figured out. I have to stay humble and saying, God, okay, I've seen this before, but is this new? Is this different? I'm going to lay this before you. First and foremost, the very first thing I'm going to do with this thing is I'm going to lay it before your feet. Say, okay, God, what do you think about this? Are we good? Can we move forward? What are you telling me? The second thing he says, in order to be on this path, he says, and in, once again, there's that absolute word again, all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. You see, he wants your invitation into every circumstance and situation that you're walking through. He wants you to invite him. Listen, this word acknowledge here. How many of you, like when you, when you walked in, you acknowledged a few people. You were like, hey, Jesse, you're over there. Hi, how's it going? Or, hey, Benjamin, how's it going, dude? It's good to see you, man. Josiah, good. You know, you acknowledge some people. And, but that's not what this word, we don't just come through life and we're like, hey, Jesus, how's it going? I'm going to go this way. No, this word for acknowledge here is actually, it's, word, it's this word that says, come close and experience me. This is the visual. 
It's you're going through a situation and circumstance and God says, acknowledge me. He's inviting you to come sit across from him and experience him through, through intimacy, through conversation, through, through, uh, through actual relationship. Not just a passing. Okay, God, you got me in this, right? Okay, good. But hey, how are you feeling about this? God, how do you feel about this? What are you seeing in this? What am I missing in this? God, my heart is broken over the situation. God, I can't go around this mountain again. Father, it feels dysfunctional. To have that kind of relationship with him is what he's calling you to if you want your paths directed by him. If you want to live in the purposes and the plans and the promises that he has for your life, it requires of you a humbling of self and a, and, and a desire to come near and acknowledge a good and loving father and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge me, sit with me, worship me, be with me, be near to me, and he will make your paths straight. How fun on this line. Anybody ever, anybody ever driven through the mountains in here? West Virginia mountains, they're my people. Anybody been to Colorado where the real mountains are? Yeah, come on. You ever been like up through Loveland Pass or, or somewhere up there where it's like you, you, you like look out your window and you're like, Jesus, this is helping my prayer life so much right now. <laughs> like there is a cliff here. And if I go any further over on the edge, it's died. But luckily the roads are icy. So you're good. And I think about these like super curved roads where you don't know the other way around. And this isn't what God's talking about here. He said, listen, when you try to make choices for yourself, you get yourselves in precarious situations. The children of Israel understood that. Every time that they disobeyed God, they got themselves in precarious situations. God's desire for them was, hey, let's go to the promised land. Like, we're out of Egypt, is behind us. Let's go to the promised land. His, his call for your life. Listen, I have plans and purposes for you. Let's go. He just, listen. He paid way too high of a price to withhold himself from you. Some of you are thinking like, oh no, God doesn't like, like, no, God's not into blessing me. He's not, you know, I'm not worthy. Like, no, no, listen, he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son. If he gave his son for you, why would he ever withhold that which he's promised from you? Oh, come on. That's a good, that's really, really good. Like you think you're not worthy. You're right. That's why Jesus you think you're not, you, you, you can't attain, you're right. That's why we must trust in him in everything. And he will make our path straight. No more going to the right or to the left. When you're learning how to drive, when you're, you're driving down the interstate, there's a semi next to you. I don't want to look at the tires of the semi and be like, okay, don't touch those. No, I want to keep my eyes straight. Why? Because where your vision is, is where you will be headed. Too much of us have our, too many of us have, too much of us, too many of us have our vision on the issues and the circumstances and situations and, and everything that's bad that's going on in the world and, and, and the immorality and, and the culture problems that we're having and, and government. We have our eyes set on these things. Well, guess what? If you are so focused on looking at those things, you will never see the answer and solution to those things. And you can't do it. I can't do it. But there is one seated on a throne with one standing at his right hand interceding on our behalf that could come in a moment and change everything. And my heart and my desire is to be on his side. Get back to your notes, buddy. Listen, there's some of you in this place that you can't even see the path anymore. I, I want to encourage you today. There is an answer for where you are. Some of you, you're walking with Jesus and, and, and you know, 
everything you feel like is going good. You have a responsibility in that. Every single one of us, when the Lord shows us, reveals part of us that isn't correctly in line with the word, oftentimes we're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Repentance, no. No, we, we wanna be a people that embrace that. Why? Because he's calling us into something better than we've ever been in before. Anytime you have the opportunity to repent, like you screw up, anybody here screw up today? Oh, no, not today. Today's Sunday. We don't screw up on Sundays. (laughs) When you mess up, listen, what an incredible opportunity to embrace who Jesus is. Grab Grab it for yourself and then walk in the joy and the blessings and the goodness that he has for you. Okay. As we get closer to this Say Yes Sunday, where we're going to ask of you, we're going to ask of you, ask you just to continue to partner with us. Uh, there's, there's needs, there's, there's service needs, there's financial needs. Uh, there's all these things that are coming through change. And I want us to be a people who, when we get to that point of decision, we can, we can number one, clearly hear what he's saying to us about us, about our situation, what we can do to partner with what God's doing through Christ church and the place that God has called you uh, to, to not only serve, but the place that God has called you to give of your time, of your money, of your resources, all those things. But listen, I don't want to get there out of a necessity. I want to get there out of a purity of heart of a people who absolutely love Jesus, who trust him with everything and who are willing to give it all to see his glory revealed saying, what does that have to do with church? Listen, we're in a new season. We're in a new day. We're in a new process. If some of you, some of you are, are mad right now because I just said something about finances and church, who do you trust? Do you trust in your job? You trust in the bank? You trust in your savings? You trust, where do you trust? Like we don't take offerings here at Christ Church. We believe it should be an act of worship. There's boxes where you're, you're more than willing to give. We believe that giving is a biblical concept. We'll teach about it once in a while, but we don't want that to be the, the primary portion of what you do in worship. But when you have an intimate relationship with God and you trust in him, then it is a joy to give unto the Lord. Amen? In the same way, as we're walking into this new season, we have to begin to trust God in new ways in order to see his new thing come to pass. Worship team, would you come real quick? I'm going to tell you one more story, and then I want, I want to challenge us all. If you came today and you were hoping not to be challenged, I'm sorry. You do not get your will. Genesis chapter 12, there's this story. There's a story of Abraham and, Abram and Sarah. You guys know this story? Some of you do. Some of you don't. That's all right. If you know it, if you don't know it, we're all in different points in our journey. But God said to Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. Here's the deal. Abram was advanced in years. His wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. And they didn't have any children. I mean, it's difficult to make someone a great nation when it's two old people. Nothing against two old people. Like, if you're two old people here, I love you. Like, let's hang out. Let's have coffee. Two old people are great. But not for making a great nation. There's, there's a promise there, but the reality of the situation looks a lot different than the promise. The promise was, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. You will be a blessing. And get this one. Like he said, all the families of the earth shall be blessed by you. 
Every family on the face of the planet, you and me today here, sitting at Christchurch in Port Orange, Florida, God said to Abraham, hey, I'm gonna bless them because of you. Now, and if you don't know the whole story, it all, it all happened through his lineage because of Jesus, right? But it happened because of a promise intersecting itself with the, in, with, with the reality that this could never happen on its own. So the question for me became this, God, how did you connect the reality of their situation? The reality was they, they didn't have a home, that she was a barren woman, that they were struggling in the wilderness, that they didn't have their own family to bless, even their own tent, let alone the rest of the world. That was the reality of the situation. But God said something and they chose to believe it. How did these two truths reconcile themselves? Will we find out in Hebrews chapter 11? Let's go there. Our final verse of the day. Where am I at? Fingers are not working. There we go. Hebrews chapter 11. I could have just turned around, couldn't I? <laughs> Sorry for wasting your time. Are we in NKJV? Oh, nice. Everybody read those two words with me. One, two, three. By faith. One more time. By faith. One more time. By faith. I'm not going to ask you to do it again because I said one more time two times ago. By faith. Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because, this is where it gets really interesting, she judged him faithful who had promised. How do you reconcile the reality of where you're living in life, the struggles that you have, what your kids are doing, uh, what, your situations with your job, your finances? How do you reconcile that with the promises of, I will never leave you and forsake you. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Because those things are not intersected at this moment, but the re reality is in the kingdom of God, in order for those two things to come together, it's this very simple thing. By faith, Sarah judged God to be faithful to his word and was given the strength to conceive. Christ church or, or who, wherever you are as an organization, as a church, as you as an individual, in order for us to do the things that God has promised us to do, there must be a moment when we say, God, we don't know how it's going to happen, but you know what? It doesn't matter. We're putting our eyes on you. We're going to trust in you. It may take a different path. It may take a different journey. But if I know that if I trust in you and I acknowledge you in all my ways, that you will make these two things meet. Why? Because because he is not man that he should lie. He is a God of truth. He is a God who is worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to be trusted with your life. He's worthy to be trusted with your finances. He's worthy to be worthy to be trusted with your job. He's worthy to be trusted with your spouse. He's worthy to be trusted with your children. He is worthy to be trusted. The only question on this planet is, will I trust him? The only question that we have is, will I do it? Will I activate the free will that you gave me, worship you, 
by trusting that you are who you say you are and you will do the things that you say you do. Listen, all over this place, every one of us, we're walking through things. We're walking through, through stuff. Some of you may be walking through really hard times. Some of you may be walking through successful times. It doesn't matter. The requirement is the same. In order to see the promises and the reality intersecting, it requires faith. We have to see God as trustworthy. Where in your life, and this is every single one of us, because every single one of us can grow in this, I promise you. If you think you got it figured out, you don't, okay? Once again, jesse at joinwithjesus.org. All over this room, can you just close your eyes with me for a moment? And can you bring the lights down just because it's more spiritual that way? It's a joke, kidding. It's not more spiritual that way. It just helps us focus all across this room, the Lord is calling you to trust him in new ways. The question is, will you say yes to it? And it's not some random idea that, okay, God, I trust you. No, there are specific things in your life where God is saying, listen, you have this so tightly wrapped up in your hand and I need you to release it because I can't bless you if you're holding on to other things. What are the things? And maybe you need to just ask the Spirit, Holy Spirit right now. God, what are the things that you're calling me to trust you in a new level with? Because it is an invitation into a greater level of experience with God, which is good always. You trust him with your kids. Do you need to trust him with your finances? There's things, all of us, all of us, every single one of us, we doubt. We make the path really crooked. And he's saying today, I want your path to be straight. Would you trust me? Would you give it to me? Would you open your hand and open your heart? If you're in this place today and you know that you need to go to a deeper level of trust with God, I'm gonna ask you to do something very simple. As honey leads us in some worship, I want us to take a few minutes if that's you, as she begins to sing, would you just please just stand to your feet in recognition that I need to trust God with new things in new ways. Don't hold back. The worship team's already standing up. So if you need to stand, just stand.